for you to lead us out of Babylon. For I was just a boy when I came here. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise and bring you back to this land. Who are you, old man? I am Daniel. I seek to tell your story. A tale of four kings. One great, one foolish, one who was deceived, and one who is destined to be regarded as wise for all the ages of the world to come. Buckle up for a new episode of Daniel, the tale of four kings, one of the most direct podcasts addressing prophecies contained in the book of Daniel, purposing to teach interested learners the power of eschatology. For those of you who are new to the term eschatology, it is simple. It is the study of the end times. Today is episode number four, Divine Wisdom Rules, Wisdom from Above. We'll explain the importance of the wisdom Daniel received from the Lord. Most monarchy kings expect two things from their cup-bearing servants, always speaking the truth and a high level of wisdom, and Daniel was committed to both. Today's lesson reveals Daniel's readiness after a three-year course of instruction on the how to communicate with royalty, in addition to many other historical lessons of Babylon. I have been teaching on the topic of wisdom for many years. There is a major difference between natural wisdom, demonic wisdom, and wisdom that comes down from above. We will detail the difference in our episode today. Daniel and his friends were unique when it came to wisdom. Earthly wisdom is nothing short of being common sense in motion. Since Old Testament believers could not tap indwelling wisdom, They had to rely upon external obedience and listening to what they were taught by family, the Judaic priests, and prophets. For them to apply such wisdom, it required supreme character, which was formed in them by their earthly fathers. These four young men had the privilege of having all the above benefits— New Testament James was similarly wise in saying, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. Wisdom today is defined as high intellect in motion. While most of us can easily refute this as a lie, 
People draw themselves to those who are quick to respond with worldly knowledge and quips. The reality is, this kind of wisdom is earthly, natural, and demonic. Suppose you are like most people when you hear the descriptive demonic. You avoid the reality of its origin. Demonic wisdom cannot be defined in human terms, and while it is supernatural, listeners cannot determine its source. As for our study, Nebuchadnezzar was considered one of the wisest kings in biblical history, worldly speaking, that is. Most kings had sorcerers serving them. And sorcerers were humans who gave credit for their wisdom to the demonic spirit world. Now picture this. King Nebuchadnezzar was accustomed to being led by these demon-led fortune tellers. Now Daniel arrives on the scene with the wisdom from above. What we have here is the battle between the wise. In today's teaching... We will discover why Daniel won this battle, hands down, every time. Let's take a look at our table of contents for today. Number one, Babylon's knowledge. During this time, the Babylonians were the most advanced in knowledge in all the world. Even to this day, archaeologists are fascinated by the size of the library that they have uncovered. Number two, wisdom versus education. King Nebuchadnezzar noticed the difference between the two. He truly was an earthly, wise man. Number three, ten times wiser. Daniel's Wisdom overpower the magicians, sorcerers, astrologers of Nebuchadnezzar's age. While these demonic wise men tapped into the dark world to get some kind of interpretation or wisdom to impart to the king, nonetheless, they were demonic in nature. Finally, number four, the cost of resistance Daniel had no room for the fear of man. And that is why we need to spend a little bit of time talking about the difference between the fear of God and the fear of man. Now looking at our overview, there is nothing sinful with young men through the generations studying world history or the beliefs of nations who do not honor God. There's nothing wrong with young men studying today, providing they keep the Holy Word of God as their primary source text. Although it is pure sinful to choose global history over biblical history, worse yet, to choose wisdom touted by their religions over wisdom that comes down from above. Any other wisdom except God shifts the student to support earthly, natural, and demonic wisdom, which, by the way, is an outpouring from the personhood of Satan himself. 
Certainly a modality that has infiltrated our Bible schools today. Let's review our scripture while we encourage you to study on your own the full chapter. Today we're going to focus on verses 18 through 21. And it says, Then at the end of the days which the king had specified for presenting them, the commander of the officials presented them before Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and out of them all not one was found like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they entered the king's personal service. As for every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king consulted them, he found them ten times better than all of the magicians, conjurers who were in all his realm. And Daniel continued until the first year of Cyrus, the king. Let's review Daniel's three-year college course. Daniel and his companions underwent a three-year Babylonian training course to introduce them to Babylon's history, beliefs, and methods of honoring their king. In addition, this was the place where young servants of the king learned the deeds regarding approaching the throne of kings, royal protocol. Archaeologists have uncovered this palace school, noting it was next to the king's table, probably in the next room. Keeping in mind, these young masters ate from the king's table. Well, Babylonian history reveals that these young men learned mathematics, astronomy, and Babylonian grammar Daniel's wisdom washed out the demonic teachings of the magicians and sorcerers. Thus he began to gain the attention of King Nebuchadnezzar, certainly enough to be called into his throne room. The odd thing about Nebuchadnezzar is he had a discerning mind, and he could pick out wisdom that was not housed within the traditional teachings of the Magi. God used Daniel's wisdom to gain access to a king he, God, was about to front in a dream. Dreams were a big deal back then. So much so, kings believed that the gods of their age were speaking to them. Nebuchadnezzar's case wasn't gods, but rather the god. As noted, when kings had dreams... They typically called on their sorcerers. If the sorcerer missed the mark, they would lose their heads. Babylon was built on the side of Babel, where Nimrod attempted to build a tower to heaven to curse God. It is in this foundation that Babylon evolved. Furthermore, it is the reason the Babylonians were haters of the God of the Hebrew, descendants of Ham's brothers, Japheth and Shem, the two forefathers of the Hebrew people. Keeping in mind that Shem was the number one forefather for the Jews. Japheth represented 
the Gentile age, who ultimately were given the privilege to be grafted in to the lineage of Shem. Keep this in mind as we continue in our series. Now reviewing the end of days, in our passage the phrase given to us is about the three-year period of training Daniel and his friends had successfully completed. Each of these young men had been on a specific special diet, trained by high-level Babylonian teachers, and having completed their studies. They appeared face to face before Nebuchadnezzar, which is their final exam. While we can assert via Babylonian history books, the king battered them with a plethora of questions. After answering the king correctly, with a great deal of respect, the king concluded this. Not one was found like Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they entered the king's personal service. As for every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king consulted them, he found them ten times better than all of the magicians and conjurers who were in all his realm. Folks, this is a pivotal moment in Old Testament history and God revealed his wisdom through Daniel and his friends. As most Bible teachers know, soon this moment would be used to unfold the true biblical rhyme and reason for Nebuchadnezzar's infamous dream, a dream that continues to play out in Revelation's book, let alone in today's society. Question. How many today fear God and honor their authorities, no matter how ungodly they are? I can safely say, not many. Reviewing wisdom that is above demonic wisdom. While Daniel had the assurance of passing the final exam of his king, he and his friends had biblical understanding that there was no hope of returning to their homeland for at least 70 years. They knew the scriptures. And each also knew that God's sentence was upon them. And he could not, would not change the sovereign timeline. These young men knew that God had made a habit of the number 70, at least when it came to disciplining the Hebrew people. As wisdom from above would shout, settle in, coexist, and properly submit, at least in part, to the customs of the rebellious land of Babylon without sinning before their God. I doubt that Daniel and his friends were exuberant in being chosen by the king's personal service. They were trained in protocol they all knew that a servant loses their head if one defies the king. Despite having this knowledge, they refused to deny their God and yield to Nebuchadnezzar's standards of eating the king's food. Also, 
All four of these young men were aware of the strong possibility of death as soon as Nebuchadnezzar found out about this refusal. Looking at We Need More Daniels, can you imagine churches filled with Daniels? Bluntly speaking, I cannot. Despite this, we need a reflection of Daniel, the conviction and determination of Daniel, and certainly, we need to have the respect and honor that Daniel had. Honor God and serve your king. Can you imagine Daniel and his friends holding up picket signs against their emperor? I cannot. However, many believers today certainly violate this standard of honor. All I have to do is read my global news feed each day. Christians act like caged animals attempting to get out of bondage. On the other hand, Daniel used his bondage to minister to an ungodly king. I know I'm a bit of a history geek. However, I know that believers today remain captives in Babylon, minimally through the heritage of demonic doctrines passed down through the ages. We are in the Babylon of worldliness and pleasure in a retro way. Many self-proclaimed Christians conform to the age-old Babylonian beliefs, which might be why Revelation's book addresses Babylon one last time. Sad to say many have succumbed to the spirit of the Antichrist of this age, living out their lives in coexistence while being duped into conformity and compromise. The outcome is the church has become impotent, powerless, and spiritually deceived. In conclusion, the practical outpouring of the work of Jesus through authentic believers suffers because of ignoring the fact that Babylon is alive and well. The church of Jesus Christ is losing the respect of observers. Instead of making disciples of the lost, we are standing next to them, holding picket signs. Instead of showing the way, we are walking in their way. May God through Jesus Christ ignite a revival. May he cause the lost and found to return to him. The reward? He will then reward and bless us in the manner he Bless Daniel and his three friends. With that, of course, he can affirm what he said to James, which is, You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's right out of James chapter 4. Verse 4. Coming up next, number 5. The Visions and Dreams of Nebuchadnezzar. We will begin to explore the primary theme of Daniel. God gave this young man the ability to hear a dream and immediately know not only what the dream means, 
but integrate the Lord's prophecies. Starting in this episode, we will review the times of the Gentiles and how this age begins under Judah's captivity under Nebuchadnezzar, which was 600 years before the birth of Jesus. And it will end with the second coming of Jesus Christ at the beginning of the thousand-year reign of Christ. On the very hill, Nebuchadnezzar captured the Hebrew young men. This story reveals the beginning and the end of all prophecies. Bless you for joining us today. We always consider it an honor for you to listen to our teachings each week. Until next time.